Everything Co-op, bringing you information on how cooperatives can help improve your quality of life. This show is being sponsored by the National Co-op Bank, NCB. The NCB is dedicated to strengthening communities nationwide for the delivery of banking and financial services for the nation's cooperatives, their members, and other socially responsible organizations. For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. Everybody, this is Barnard Oaks. Welcome this Thursday. Everything Cooperative is our show. We talk about the benefits of co-ops. And this morning, we have on the line with us Miss Rita Haynes. Good morning, Miss Haynes. Mrs. Haynes, good morning. Yes. How are you today? Oh, very good. And how are you, sir? I am excellent. Glad to have you on. What really interested in talking about your credit union in Cleveland, Faith Credit Union. Right. Faith Community United Credit Union in Cleveland, Ohio. Faith. So I understand it got started in 1952, and you got started with it in 1958 as a volunteer right after you got married. Is that right? That's correct. Right out of high school, my husband and I opened our first joint account uh, at Mount Sinai Baptist Church Credit Union, which was what it was called at that time. Mount Sinai Baptist Church Credit Union. What was it like way back there in the dinosaur years, that way long time ago? <laughs> well, it was a very small credit union, and it was having difficulty surviving. Uh, the members of the church were saving 25 cents a Sunday to build up to the required $5 share count. Everything was volunteer, and when I started, the record-keeping, the minutes, and things like that were poor, so they sort of asked us to start working with them uh, to help them with the record-keeping, and that's how I got involved and, and uh, continued to be involved, both my husband and I, from there. 1958 out of high school. Right. Young and chipper and volunteering. Yes, yes, for sure. How long did you volunteer? Well, I volunteered until almost uh, 1989. Uh, we did a lot in between that time. We volunteered to uh, do more than record keeping. I started secretary of the board of directors. And then from there, we started going to the various chapter schools. At that time, Ohio Credit Union League had individual chapters. I started serving on the chapter, and we were quite interested in paving the way for our people to compile credit and borrow and save from each other. And we were particularly interested in the cooperative principles of uh, people helping people, self-help and, and uh, equality because the banks were redlining and, and uh, not giving us the best deal in our communities for our people. Uh, some people out there may not know what redlining is, so what, what is redlining? Well, 
it's not allowing you to uh, live in the area that you would desire to live in. The the banks had uh, artificial uh, lines drawn where uh, when people want to purchase a house, they could not do it in certain areas. And our thinking was if we owned our own financial institution and we were able to loan money to each other, that would uh, help us to be able to uh, live wherever we wanted to live. But, of course, we were very small, so there were only so many real estate loans that we could give. But we were also very powerful politically because we took part with all of the elections and we worked with the NAACP and the Cleveland Business League and the city of Cleveland. And as you know, Cleveland's where Mayor Carl B. Stokes became the first black mayor in the city. So we use that political power as well as our economic power to grow our small credit union and to uh, work with the other credit unions in our area. Wow. You volunteered for 31 years. Yes. I just did the math. And yes. then you got very political. You started out <laughs> taking care of the minutes. Yeah. Right high school. So you, ooh, from like 18 years old, I'm just making here to 49 yes. years old, you volunteered. Yes. So I assume your your did you work during that time and then volunteer at the credit union or you spent was it a like full time? Well, no, uh, it was part time. At, at that time, the credit union was only open on Sundays and uh, Wednesdays. But the record keeping went on during other times. But I worked with my husband, and I have to give him the most credit because. He became later on the president of the credit union, and he was a real estate broker, and we started together in real estate. So I was his secretary. I was the secretary of the credit union, Mm -hmm. and for five years we didn't have children as planned so that we could save our income. We both worked full-time jobs. He started as a, a broker Uh, And then he quit his full-time job, and when we had children, could still continue to work at the credit union as well as work as his secretary and a salesman in his office called Haynes Real Estate Company. Oh, okay, so he started his own agency. He started his own company and later became the uh, president the youngest president of the National Association of Real Estate Brokers. So he was quite active, but and we both were uh, worked in everything together. And then when we started having children, I still volunteered at the credit union and acted as, as his secretary. Well, you slid something in I want to go back and capture. You said you didn't have children for five years as planned. So you all yes. planned when you were going to have children. Yes, we planned to not have children until we could afford to buy our own house. And, uh, <laughs> okay, all right. Planned Parenthood comes into play there, which is there's a lot of discussion about that today, but uh, that was uh, what we used to be able to not have children until we had purchased our own house. 
and uh, we did that in 1962 when we worked uh, we saved one paycheck and uh, we paid our our tithes at church and saved five dollars out of every pay until we saved up enough for a down payment on a home fantastic story wonderful mm-hmm. um, now, I did come to Cleveland in 1969, and I worked at Epiphany Catholic Church. I taught school there from 69 to 70. Oh, yes. Well, Epiphany was one of our credit union members, and they helped us in working with the credit union later in time. Uh, we had an association called Inner City Association of Minority Credit Unions, and there were 26 minority credit unions in the city of Cleveland, and the Antioch Credit Union was the credit union that helped our credit union, our church, get started. Mm -hmm. And they had a Bible class called the Veterans Bible Class, and when the veterans came home from the war, they were unable to get loans because the banks would not loan them the money they needed, even with the GI Bill at that time. And they were very upset and they started the second credit union the first one was started by tuskegee institute alumni and when they started their credit union they convinced our pastor that we could start one also and they were very instrumental in helping us to start the credit union and also to help us continue to learn the different things and go to the different meetings and things that we had to go to. So that's a a part of the story that I think is important today that we help one another, and that's what cooperative principles are all about, self-help and and relying on each other to uh, do what is right. Well, I want to just talk about the values, cooperative values, are based on self-help, self-responsibility, democracy, equality, equity, and solidarity. And in the tradition of the founders, cooperative members believe in the ethical values of honesty, openness, social responsibility, and caring for one another. So with these principles, they fit right in with Antioch or Epiphany or your church. All of those principles are are why we wanted to be in the credit union movement because we respected the principles, and and they also go are the same principles that the Bible teaches and our faith principles of uh, helping one another and uh, caring for each other and being honest. All of those are also faith principles Mm -hmm. that we held so dearly to. Well, the other principles are volunteer and open membership. It doesn't make any difference about gender, race, political, right. religion. Right. It's open to anybody who wants to join. Right. Democratic well, member and, control. Yes, member control. Right. But but at that time, the, the control was all. We were just one church. Each church had their own membership, and you could not uh, have people from the community to be members unless they were members of the church or family members. Mm -hmm. And that, we found, was good to start, but as we got bigger, 
we wanted to do more because if you only have a smaller pool of money to loan, you need it more in order to really impact your community. And so that is the reason we started looking at becoming a community development credit union and changed our name from uh, Mount Sinai Baptist Church to Faith Community so that we could not only help the members of our church, but be open to everyone in the community. And so that was done in about 1989. And and our board was very forward-thinking in doing that. So we're going to, to take our first break, but we have Ms. Rita Haynes, Mrs. Rita Haynes on the phone, and 31 years as a volunteer. And we'll talk more later about the other things that you have done. But we'll okay. talk about the values of a cooperative, particularly now we're talking about a credit union, and we're talking about the principles of co-op. We'll go ahead and finish our seven principles. We'll finish those. But, you know, um, Mrs. Haynes, there's an exciting story that you have here, and I'm really, <laughs> really wanting to finish this break so we can get right back to it. Please don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Okay. Thank you. Information is power. This is the reason that the National Cooperative Bank is sponsoring this program to give you information about cooperatives, which would give you the power that Mrs. Haynes has already talked about. Mrs. Haynes has been working with Faith Credit Union in Cleveland, started out very, very small with people giving 25 cents every Sunday so they could build up to $5, which was the cost of membership. And the third principal member economic participation, you have to put money into a co-op, and if there's a surplus, if there is profits, then the members can decide to give some of that back in forms of dividends or keep it all within the business so they can make more loans and so forth. Ms. Haynes has a lot of power, but she talked about financial and political power with her and the people that were at the credit union. Ms. Haynes, so you started out just keeping the books. Where did you progress from there in, in your volunteer work? And, and I heard you say that your husband became president of the credit union. He had started his own brokerage firm, and you he, you all worked together in the real estate bro, uh, broker firm as an agent selling real estate, and you all worked together in the credit union. So what's your other roles that you play within the credit union? Well, being a small credit union, you played almost every role. We are not only was a member of the board of directors. I also served as a teller. We had various committees, so we helped uh, structure the credit union policies, and that was so important because those policies allowed us to do the lending and the other different kinds of things that our community needed in order for us to grow and to be within regulation. You know, we are a regulated uh, institution, credit unions are today, and they're insured. So we had to develop policies that would help our people that were somewhat different from other credit unions that are uh, enforced today. Well, so, your, your um, policies were different. And what, what, can you give me an example of one of the policies that was different from other credit unions? Well, one of the policies was uh, to uh, look at credit differently uh, when our lending policies 
we had people who did not have access to regular credit reports and regular credit. For instance, day workers or or some small companies uh, who were just, I wouldn't say working under the table, but they did not have the regular structure uh, be necessary paperwork that normal companies would have. So we had to help teach as well as design policies. So the, the, the credit policies that we developed were to take the regular uh, savings and their habits, their spending habits of paying rent and electrical bills and all of those into consideration when we granted loans. And so in that way, we were able to assist all the people in, in our community and not just those who were able to have a regular good credit report. So you're telling me that you all... The members, right? Your members create and vote on a board of directors, and then the board of directors set the policies, and you all set policies to loan folks money that didn't have good credit. That's what you tell them. That's (laughs) correct. Okay. (laughs) But we helped develop credit, and and a lot of this came later because when you are discriminated against, part of the problem is that you develop bad habits. You borrow money from the corner store and and just all kinds of bad habits. And we were trying to change those habits to force people to our members who cared enough to save regularly to also develop good habits. And then those good habits were reported to the credit bureau. And so therefore, they had a good credit report where when they started with us, they did not have credit. So you're really into the fifth uh, principle of education, training, and information. Oh, yes, yes. And we, we had education. We had volunteers in our credit union. We had an education committee. So all of these volunteers, the credit committee, the the uh, lending committee, all of these committees were also volunteer. And so we pulled people from the community who were uh, interested, not only interested in the principles of self-help, but who had the ability to help change the mindset of, of our members. And we had annual shareholder meetings where we invited people who were notable in our community. Uh, We had Reverend Y.T. Walker during the time of civil rights movement. We had, as I mentioned, Carl Stokes, who was the mayor. We had Maynard Jackson, who was the mayor of uh, Atlanta. We we pulled all of the people, especially... Uh, politicians who were running for office who would love to speak to a 500-member uh, uh, group at that time. And uh, so we were able to encourage and inspire people who had been rejected at so many institutions before. And, and that was an important part, educating and motivating people to know that there was something better that they could do, and together we could do it in unison using these principles 
of uh, self-help and respect for one another and equity and honesty and openness. You know, people would come and tell you their story about the problems they had faced, and then we made policies to help us to solve those problems. And one of them that was quite interesting was um, burials. Our credit union offered insurance with our shares. And if you had $2,000 in a share account, you also had $2,000 in insurance. And that sort of pushed us into the funeral business. So we helped people design their pre-need accounts. And so many of them had the uh, insurance going to bury them. And so consequently, many of the funeral homes we also became members of the credit union when we became community. That helped us to grow, and and that also helped the members to have their loved ones buried or be buried as they wanted to. And that was the first uh, of one of the accounts that uh, really helped us to grow because pre-need accounts stayed in the credit union for a long time until the person died. So that helped our balance sheet to have more savings than the member would normally uh, have in an account. You know, I really wish, I grew up in a little town called Bluefield, West Virginia. Okay. And we had some Haynes there, by the way. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> well, we might be Ken, but yeah. my, my husband's an and, oh, only child. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm not sure. And my <laughs> but father, somewhere down the line, it might be. My grandfather worked in the rail on the in the mines, and my father worked on the railroad. And there were things like they had script, so you right. had to go to the company store. So the only time I saw my my father, my grandfather was World War One vet, and my father was World War Two. My fr- father was a very strong man. Mm-hmm. But the only time I saw him weak was when he went to borrow money. Yes. Either yes. because of bad habits or having the, mind, the wrong mindset that you talk about. Right. Giving people to change their mindset in terms of saving money when, when times right. are good. Right. So it's seven, seven fat calves and seven lean calves, so seven yes. good years and seven bad years. So saving money when times are good or if it was the economy that was bad. Whatever, he would go down to the man, if you will, and borrow money. It was always interesting to me. My sense is they would have been called usury interest rates now that he would have had to have paid. Oh, yes. To get that money yes. for whatever. Yes, that was very common. And it, it sapped our people of their dignity. Yes. And this was what we wanted to turn around and give people the dignity that they deserved as they came to borrow money for whatever uh, reason they had and they were able to share those things because we were part of them and we knew their story and could empathize with what they were going through. So that is really how we grew and the, the story of becoming from uh, Mount Sinai Baptist Church to Faith Community was interesting because In order for us to serve our members, we needed a place other than the church basement. That's a good place to pause a minute for our second break, and we'll be right back to talk more about this journey from Mount Sinai to faith. Okay, we'll be right back. Please don't touch that dial. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks. The National Cooperative Bank sponsors this program. NCB's mission is to support and be an advocate for America's cooperatives and their members, especially in low-income communities, by providing innovative financial and related services. And that is why NCB is sponsoring this program. And today we have Mrs. Rita Haynes on the line with us from Cleveland, Ohio. And Mrs. Haynes was inducted into the Cooperative Hall of Fame last week, and I had an opportunity to meet her. She's about the size of my mother, about five foot, and carries a big stick. <laughs> it was a pleasure meeting you, and we want to keep down this journey, particularly from Mount Sinai Baptist Church Credit Union, where you were limited to who could be members, only members of the church and their family, till you got into faith. That my church here in D.C., uh, Shallow Baptist, we merge our small credit union into a larger credit union. So my sense is that whoever rules credit unions was trying to get rid of the smaller ones and make them bigger for whatever reasons. Yes. Is that what happened to you guys, too? That is, well, that didn't happen to us, but it happened to most of the credit unions around us. Our credit union, Mount Sinai Baptist Church Credit Union, we made our own decision to change our charter to become a community development credit union and that was based on a visit to New York City to the first annual faith-based conference of the National uh, Federation of Community Development Credit Unions in New York Mm -hmm. and uh, Dr. Floyd Flake was our speaker at the time and we found out that there were so many other black church credit unions and black and white church. There are a lot of Catholic church credit unions were faith-based credit unions in the United States. So we formed our model based on what we saw working in other communities and changed our charter and tried to assist the other credit unions who were members of inner city association of minority credit unions as i mentioned earlier about 62 credit unions and at the same time we did research on what our members needed and wanted and one of the main things they wanted was to be able to save and borrow daily just like a regular bank would do and Because we were small and totally volunteer, we were not able to do that. But in the meantime, I met a gentleman who was a community organizer in our community, uh, Wico Woodland East community, and the business people in the community wanted to work with the other uh, our church, really, and started working with our credit union to be able to offer what we wanted to offer. So teaming up with WECO, which was a 501c3, and Mount Sinai Credit Union, we together were able to open a uh, freestanding institution. And we did that by approaching the banks in our community who had left and left buildings in the community that were vacant. And so we approached them about giving one of the buildings to us. We chose the building we wanted, and at that time there there were a lot of mergers going on, and the leverage was used to 
uh, get a building, freestanding building, for $1 a year through WECO, which was a 501c3, and the bank received credit for helping this small credit union, faith credit union, and that's how we got our a building and it did not stop their merger because it was in both of our self-interest for us to uh, be able to have this building and continue to offer services in the community and our responsibility was to to just uh, be able to pay all of the taxes and and the uh, utilities and all those things which was a real challenge for us at the time okay. but as soon as we did that we grew uh, so fast that our regulators said we were outgrowing our, our reserves, and, and it presented a new challenge for us. But it allowed us to be open every day of the uh, business week. And we had uh, members coming from all of the places in our community, and one of them was Longwood Cooperative Housing which my husband was the manager of. And uh, so the people in the this 828-unit um, housing co-op could also become members of Faith Community United Credit Union. And others in the community who were not members of any church or members of other churches who did not have credit unions were all accepted into Faith Community United Credit Union. And that is when we really started to grow. And from uh, the, the very meager beginning, we, by the 90s, were two and a half million in assets at that point. So you started with about $500? Yes, we started with about $500. and. In the 90s, we were at two, and then we found out through working with the Federation out of New York that it was possible for us to get grants and other assistance, and so we went ahead and did those things. We were able to get a grant to uh, help all of the minority credit unions, inner city credit unions, as well as became a CBFI credit union, and that's What's that community development financial institution. So it's certified by the U.S. Treasury, and it shows that we are operating at the point and accepting uh, assistance to low-income people. And uh, in fact, when I became uh, president of the board, we helped establish this CDFI fund that was under Bill Clinton period around 1994. And now many credit unions and other groups are helped by the CDFI fund. We had to match money. We were able to receive a $350,000 grant for operations. We became computerized. We had the building, but we didn't have everything else we needed. And so this grant helped us to uh, computerize all of our uh, uh, records and, and all of that and, and to pay staff because, you know, I mentioned that all these other years we were working for free and just with volunteers. But when we opened seven days a week, 
we had to pay staff, and and that's when I first started to become as a paid employee. In fact, <laughs> I had to work for years to uh, <laughs> make up um, myself a salary and to be able to open 401c3 and all of those things we were able to do because of our growth with the help of the one bank, which is now Key Bank, it was Society Bank at the time, and the other banks, we partnered to have them put money in the credit union and to help us to get the match to be able to help the low-income people in our community, which is what CDFI fund required of us to show that we were helping those who were unbanked or who were unable to get credit in the community. And that is how we did that and came up with products like our Grace Loan and well, Greater Before, before you go into Grace Loan, I want to go back to this education piece. And then I really <laughs> want to get to the Grace and the amazing Grace Loan. Right. Okay. Okay. So you were training people how to be credit worthy. Yes. So that they can save and get credit and have a credit report and have a good score. You're training people that. Yes. Now, in your story, I don't hear where you went to college. Did you go to college? No, not initially. Um, I went part-time a little uh, at Finn College, which is not Cle now Cleveland State, but I did not until I worked with the National Federation, and we established a credit union accreditation, we found that there were so many people running credit unions who did not have the college degree, and we established a program with the uh, Southern New Hampshire University where we could all go to school and get accreditation from uh, Southern New Hampshire University. So those of us who were on the board or individuals who were members of the National Federation of Community Development Credit Union went to these classes for two weeks out of five years. <laughs> and the grant from the Federation paid our way to this school, and uh, we graduated with a special certification in community development credit unions from Southern New Hampshire University. So is that two weeks a year for five years? Yes. It was Focus. two weeks because hmm? we were unable to get away from our credit unions because we were so important to the growth of the credit union and the operation. So that is how we uh, did it. The Federation and Southern New Hampshire University where the first credit union uh, is uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. I don't know if you're familiar with the first credit union. It's called St. Mary's Bank, and they, they are known for community development assistance, and, and that's how we establish our accreditation. Well, the reason I wanted to go back to that, because what I have found in credit and uh, cooperatives is like um, you get the knowledge you need to run whatever business you're in. 
Yes. And that sounds like what you all did over five-year periods, have concentrated right. knowledge to help you to run a credit union, know how it operates, how it functions, what reports right. you need, how, what kinds of technology you may need, how to handle people, how to handle proje projects, how to handle right. the federal government and whatever they want you to report on. But you get the information you need. And I've also found that in the cooperative world, people really love helping each other giving people the knowledge they need, like St. Mary's would teach you. Yes. Okay. Yes. So when you're saying yes like that, it's like you're, you're in the pew saying, okay, yes. That's what happened? That's your experience also? Oh, yes. That is what uh, the cooperative movement is noted for, for helping each other. And even though there was a lot of discrimination back in those days, we found that there were always good people and good institutions who were willing to assist you in what you were trying to do. And so I give uh, credit to those people at St. Mary's Bank and at Southern New Hampshire University. We're going to take our last break, and we'll be right back. And I want to get into this mercy loan and a grace loan and amazing grace. We'll be right back. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM, WOL, 95.9 FM. We're in our last segment. This is Vernon Oates with Everything Cooperative. We're talking to Mrs. Rada Hayes from Cleveland, Ohio. And, you know, Mrs. Haynes, um, your story is very inspiring. Thank you. I, I really enjoy it. Now, let me, you, you talked about helping people to change their mindset so they'll know you know, how to make good life choices. Uh, you talked about your own education, your husband and you got married almost 60 years ago, or is it 60 years now? It'll, it'll be 60 years August 3rd of this year. Okay, all right. And you're <laughs> almost 60 years in a credit union, volunteering for 30 years, and then you had to figure out how you could get the credit union to grow and yes. get the income and a building so you could get a salary. <laughs> And the other people grow in terms of five days a week and so forth. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Without a college degree, and I, I have three college degrees. Well, my granddaddy said, get an education, boy. That's the only thing a white man won't take from you. And my mother and father just kept saying, if you want to have a good life, get an education. But what I have found is you don't need a college degree. You need knowledge, and you wouldn't yeah. got the knowledge you needed. Yeah. Okay. Both to your husband... To, to start a business and run a business, and I hear he was selling property, maybe buying property, but he's also managing property, and that's what I do f for my daytime job, Mrs. Haynes. I have a property management company. Right. Well, that is what uh, he did. He was a property manager and managed, as I mentioned, Longwood was one of the first Section 8 uh, low-income housing projects in the city of Cleveland. So that was part of how I was able to volunteer because mm -hmm. I was him and then volunteering at the credit union. But he sustained us through being a property manager in Cleveland and also went into owning franchises. Popeye's franchise, one of the first in Cleveland and St. Louis, where he's from. All right, now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're total inspiration. Now, so we've talked about a lot of the principles of volunteer and open membership, democratic member control, member economic participation, put money in, take money out when there's a profit. Right. 
autonomy and independence have to be able to make the decisions. The members have to be able to make the decisions. We right. talked a lot about education, training, information, which is the bedrock of co-ops, which is the main reason I like co-ops. I didn't learn about co-ops, Mrs. Haynes, until I started managing housing co-ops. Oh, boy, yes. And so yes. I was older, no, nowhere in the three degrees that I hear anything about a co-op. No, no. Uh, the sixth one is cooperation among co-ops, and you've talked about that with St. Mary's Bank and helping you and then other co-ops in the Federation. People just helping each other, and then you can have the housing co-op help the credit union by becoming members and create, putting deposits. But, you know, the, the co- credit union, I don't know if you did this or not, can also help the housing co-op by, if they're share loans, these small $1,000, $2,000, $5,000 share loans, then the credit union could do that, which most banks won't do the smaller credit union. Well, a lot of banks won't do share loans at all. Yes, and a lot of banks won't do small loans at all. And small loans is what we uh, really were able to make the credit union grow through, a lot of small loans because people couldn't afford the real large loans at first, and they started small, and if, if they paid that back correctly, then we up their line of credit and give them a debit or credit card and ATM access we have it all today, but it started with the smaller loans and and share secured loans. Now is that called uh, is that a, is that called the faith loan? Yes, well the Grace one loan. Grace of share secured loan was a loan where you would uh, say have borrow against your savings, and uh, that's one of the ways we established credit was to. Uh, make a loan for $2,000, put it in our savings account, pay the loan off, and then you've got $2,000. You've also got good credit, and that was one of, and you had insurance. So that was one of the things that we uh, encouraged people to do, and it helped not only the individuals, but it also helped the credit union to grow because that money in the savings. Uh, helped us to uh, add to our balance sheet and and be uh, those those were loans that you didn't have any risk on and so that was one of the ways we grew and encouraged people and it made sense to them and many of those people went on to purchase their first automobile some of them houses businesses I, I don't know if I mentioned that we became an SBA lender uh, also, and we um, had a very unique uh, arrangement with the city of Cleveland where Antioch Baptist Church Credit Union and Faith were able to team up and, and work with the Community Development Department of the city of Cleveland and make loans to contractors who were locked out of the business of doing business with the city. they couldn't get a bond. They couldn't get a bond. So we together uh, made the uh, an arrangement where they could borrow the $50,000 or whatever they needed on the contract that they were getting with the city of Cleveland, and they would pay us automatically back when they were paid. And so that was a unique arrangement which uh, worked well for those contractors, allowing them or taking away the issue that from the city that 
they were weren't bondable. Yep. And so uh, that was one of the things that we were very proud of helping through with uh, through the Cleveland Business League and the city of Cleveland uh, to be able to help these smaller contractors or subcontractors be able to get uh, contracts with the city by us helping them to afford the bond. But what's so exciting about your story is that with racism and discrimination, black folks, we have not been giving access to credit and sometimes education. Matter of fact, it's always been interesting to me that two things that they try to keep away from us is knowledge. It won't get us educated. It won't let us vote. Those are the two things that sort of like to keep us down. And keeping us down means they can make more money off of us, like the payday loans or whatever else. But you've come in and you put things in place to both train people to get the mental attitude functioning better and the the financial piece, both individual and business. And I just, I, I applaud you. I are you and your credit union? Because I know you didn't do it by yourself as a group. Oh, no. No, it took a whole lot of people. Many of them are deceased at this time. But, but we have boards who, who look for ways to solve problems instead of complaining about the problem. Amen. For ways to solve the problem. And we sat at the table with other large credit unions and watched how things that they were doing and we put them into practice in a way that would uh, help our people. And uh, through going to meetings and chapter schools with through the Ohio Credit Union League sponsored by CUNA, we were able to, um, to learn how to do the things that were unique to our particular need in our community and our people. So your co-op was developed, which is the seventh principle, to solve community problems. That's concern for a community, that's, concern for the people. That's correct. And that's what we did. We solved problems. And one of the major problems that we saw happening in our community when we first were able to get checking accounts or share draft accounts mm-hmm. was when the banks moved out of the community, payday uh, lenders moved in, and they just flooded our community. In fact, it made me think that it was a a planned (laughs) arrangement because payday lenders were only required that you have a checking account. And if you had a checking account, they would loan you money very quickly with no questions asked, but it was at over 700% interest. So we found out that our members were taking our hard-earned checking accounts going to payday lenders, and we just simply asked them, well, why wouldn't you borrow it from us? And they said because the payday lenders made it so easy. They were open on Sundays. They were open all the time. They didn't ask them any questions. They didn't run a credit report. They just did this real easy. Well, of course they did because they were making so much money on it. Yeah, they take your firstborn and everything you got.
Oh, gosh. Yes, it goes by <laughs> quick. Well, well, there's so much more, but, but it's been a pleasure uh, talking with you, and maybe people can read more online about Faith Community United and its history. And I'd love to have you back on. We'll see about getting that done. Thank you so very much. And Thank you. Everybody out there, have a wonderful weekend. Please work cooperatively.